Hey, this is Chris Makes from Lesson Jake, and I'm here with my pal Scott, and you're watching Good Company. Hey guys, my name is Scott Bowling, and you're watching Good Company. Today we have the man, Mr. Chris DeMakes. I want to finish that with a podcast. I love that. Dude, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me. So I love this album, Losing Streak, which we're going to talk about today. Um, but your podcast, I have to talk about. I love it. So thank it's, you. It's great. I love how you pick songs and just kind of go through them, completely break them down. That's yeah, that great. was that was uh, kind of the idea. I didn't want it to be just like... Uh, an interview, like a lot of podcasts mm. are. I've done enough uh, bad interviews in my life to where I was like, I didn't want to yeah, bore, bore, my, <laughs> bore, my, bore my guests with it. I wanted to have a theme, uh, and my manager really pushed me to have, he's like, you should have a theme to it. So we went with songwriting, yeah. and it's worked out worked out really well. So it, uh, you, you never, it, it's easy not to stray off topic because you, you know what you're talking about. I love that episode you did with the, your bass player, Roger. Yes. The science of, uh, how's Selling it Selling yourself short. Yes. Yeah. That was a great episode, man. That was a great song too. I don't think I'm—I've never even heard that song until you did that episode. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, wow, that's huge. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've been a band for so long that a lot of our fans that uh, you know started following us in the '90s with with Losing Streak uh, and Hello Rockview, uh, you know, they uh, got out, out of high school, they got mm -hmm. out of college, they maybe started listening to different music, and and they've come back later and been like, those albums you put out in the 2000s, I really like. That's which, how I am. Which is yeah. cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. So today we're going to talk about. This album, Losing Streak. Holy crap, man, this is a great record. This is an anniversary, though, right? This is, uh, what's it coming on? It, it came out in 96. So yeah, it's it's, it just uh, celebrated 24 four, years yeah. on November 12th. So next year is the big 25. And you guys played this album from start to finish, what, in 2007, right? We've done right. it a couple, we've, yeah, we've done it a couple, I mean, yeah. we've, we've done it a couple times, yeah. That's we, cool. It's, uh, it, it's always fun to do that. And yeah, I made this record when I was 23 years old. I'm 24 now. <laughs> I love the album cover too, and like it, it just. Can we just talk about this real, real fast? How did yeah. you do the album cover? Like, was that your idea? A friend of ours uh, named Jason uh, Armadillo. Uh, he was an artist from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Jason uh, mocked that up and drew that. Oh, and, cool! Uh, it's kind of become iconic. You know, people have tattoos of that. And, do they? And, and then uh, you got this. I got the, your your uh, colored vinyl, which is. The devil? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I have <laughs> I mean, that, I'm assuming. I, don't I have know. that too. And, and, and as I was looking at it, I had to remember: is this losing streak? It is losing streak. Okay. Yeah. I hope it is because I'm probably you're thinking it was. <laughs> but yeah, so this album is so good. Uh, my friend Heather actually turned me on to you guys, and it was one. This album was one of those albums where I just listened to from start to finish. So even getting ready for this interview, I was like, I don't remember the names of the songs because I just listened from start to finish. You uh -huh. know what I mean? I'm not like. I don't know. Few albums are like that for me. Uh, I think of like Rancid, Out Come the Wolves. That's an album for me that I love every song from start to finish. Anyway, did you guys know you had something special when you're putting all this together? Yeah, you know, I don't know. We did. We were just, you know, for lack of a better word, we were kids. You know, I was I wrote this record when I was 21 years old. Um, and we were just writing songs at a breakneck speed. There was really no grand pl master plan. We were still kind of... Uh, Prior to this record, we, we were, you know, still in between tours, kind of working. Uh, I was delivering pizzas, and it was just a breakneck speed. It was just so quick, you know. Mm -hmm. To look back, it wasn't a, a grand plan of like, 
you know, we, we, we did something special here. Or we documented something special. It was just the next batch of songs that we recorded. And to your point, you know, it, it's a quick record. It's 16 songs, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's 35 minutes. Yeah, the so first one's like, like two minutes. Yeah, like, yeah, it, go, it goes by really quickly. Uh, when, you, um, when you did an album previous to this, you took a couple of songs and put it to this album, like Johnny Quest. Yes. How, how, did, you, how did you decide which songs to... How did you decide to take that song and put it on this album? Was it, you knew it was special. You know, song. this is great because I talked about this yesterday on my podcast with an mm. episode of myself. So oh, my, nice. my, my, my producer of the show, he interviewed me for a special that's coming up, uh, or a podcast that's coming up on the 21st of, of this month, uh, where he interviews me about Johnny Quest Thinks for Sellout. It's a song from the record. I mean, oh, we, I can't wait to hear that. We, we broke it down. And, you know, one of the questions was, why did you re-record these? And uh, the, the answer is, uh, basically, our A&R person at Capitol was a guy named Craig Aronson, uh, and Craig, he he signed us to the label. You know, when we were putting songs together for the record, he said, you know, I think you guys should re-record Johnny Quest, uh, Thanks for Salads, and Jen doesn't like me anymore. That's and, a great song. And we were like, what? You know, and, he, and he's like, yeah. And we were like, no, those songs are done. You know, really? we were young punker kids. We're like, no, those songs are done. We're not re-recording those. And to his point, he's like, yeah, but, you know, you've sold whatever, 20,000 records. That's 20,000 people have heard this. Like, mm-hmm. think of how many more people. These songs are great. And he had seen us at that point live probably a dozen times mm-hmm. and he saw the reaction that those songs were getting mm. they were kind of undeniable you know wow. we'd, we'd play them and the crowd would explode so um you know he made the right call yeah that's great to have somebody in your corner like that that can see yeah observe. because we we would have you know they most likely wouldn't have wound up on losing streak which would have been a shame because you know uh a lot of those songs from our first record that what didn't have major label distribution uh you know the hardcore fans know about it but a lot of those songs got glossed over because it didn't have the the big push mm-hmm. It's funny back in the '90s too, like uh, Johnny Quest thinks we're sellouts. That seems like such a big thing back then, like being sellout or being a poser. And like I don't know, when I was a kid, that's how it was. I was like, yeah. everybody's selling out. Like if you do anything. Yeah, it was a strange. It was a strange time. And if you think about today, it's just it's crazy. Um, you even think of something like you know uh, when Millie Vanilli got their Grammy snatched away because they were lip syncing. Yeah. I mean. Think of what goes on today. There's performers that don't sing a, a note that are up 100%. there. Look at the uh, Super Bowl halftime. It's like, well, it's all, you know, yeah, so any, yeah, in the, general, the, the, though, yeah. the times have changed. The yeah. sellout thing just, um, it's laughable now. Like, if you asked a younger person, like, do you care if your artist is on a label that's funded by, you know, mm-hmm. a corporation? They look at you like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like, it's just a, it's a bygone thing. Was it hard after you guys hit Losing Streak? Was it hard following that up with your next album? Uh, Hello Rockville, that's right. No, no, Hello Rockview was, um, again, it was just the next record. And there was, it would have been hard to follow up the record had Losing Streak sold millions of copies. Mm -hmm. You know, In my mind, it did, though. It was just huge for me. Yeah, yeah, and the perception of our fans and a lot of times is, and we've always considered ourselves like a working class band. We're Mm -hmm. on the road to this day. We, we, we tour uh, relentlessly, and that's how we you know, have forged our career, and, and that's how we make the bulk of uh, our income is by, by touring. Yeah. And uh, so it was just, the, it was the next record. There wasn't any um, expectation of following it. We just wanted to make a record that was better than the last one we made. Yeah. You know, again, if we would have sold two or three million albums and been all <laughs> over MTV, it'd been like, okay, now we have to deliver. But, you know, I think Losing Streak at the time, uh, when we went to make Hello Rockview, it was around... Probably 175,000, 200,000 records that had uh-huh. shifted, which is a lot of records. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, superstar status where you you have this immense pressure to follow it up. Right, right. Um, when you, um, so I, I want to talk about this first. I got a couple things right here real quick. 
The girl that got me into you guys, we were in a Grease play together, and she told me about you guys. So it's, I think it's hilarious that you guys cover a Grease album. Yes. Who came up with that idea? Well, that's this thing. Every time I see it, I go, oh, because, <laughs> um, it, because of two reasons. Yeah. The the fans, such as yourself, adore that record so much, and it yes. means so much. So it's a double edged sword in the sense that, like, I know people love it. I wish we would have done a better job to it. We were touring so much around 1996, 97. Mm-hmm. We were doing mail order out of our apartment, so we wow. had all our seven inch vinyl records, CDs, cassettes at that time, posters. So people would write us, hey, I want this. We were filling orders all. We'd sit around a round table and we had this bright idea of putting upcoming things. Mm -hmm. The Greased album. So we had pre-orders sitting there for like 700 orders for this thing. We didn't record note one. So we're in between tours, it's like, no pressure, go. And this is before any type of Pro Tools recording stuff. It was us straight to tape, and it's pretty rushed and pretty <laughs> raw. I'm I'm just glad people like it as much as they do because I that's one thing in in my career that I I cannot listen to. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's unlistenable. How, did you know all the lyrics to it? I mean, did no. you have to study it? No, and that was the other thing. See, I I wasn't in the greased play. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of familiar with it. I remember, you know, you couldn't escape John Travolta uh, in the early 80s um, at that time. I mean, obviously, he's been a star uh, after that. But, um, you know, I I knew of the movie, was never really a fan. So I had to learn all of that. And it was, yeah. (laughs) Torture. Yeah. When was the last time you listened to it? Never? (laughs) Probably 98, you know, maybe a year after. Because I think we played a song or two on a tour where I have to go (laughs) go kind of brush up on it. That's a good point, though. Do you listen to your albums? No. uh, Yeah. No, the only time you ever listen to it is... uh, when you're gonna like dust off an old song you haven't heard in a while, mm-hmm. and I, I like to go back for reference and well to remember it, but you know. So when you to, go back, do you you pick out like if you if you were to listen to it, you like constantly I should have done this or I should have sang this or kind of pick yourself apart? No, I learned a long time ago to tr- well to try not to do that. Um, the reason being is that I uh, got to the point where I realized it's no different than the photo on the wall over there. It's mm-hmm. a documentation of where I was at that moment in my life. Wow. You know, now, if you were to say objectively, what would you do to change it? Oh, well, I would have doubled that chorus. I would have, <laughs> that guitar would have been louder. Yeah. It would have been a better guitar tone. That's but, a good point. But I can't think that way when I listen to it. It, it I hate the saying, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's where we were. It's a snapshot of where we were at that moment in our life. And uh, that's something... Uh, it's, it's kind of back to the future type stuff. You can't mess with it. You know, you, you just, you, you, yeah. leave, you, leave, you leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I love your band too with Roger. It seems like a perfect fit for you guys. And Vinny, Vinny, your drummer, he was on this album, right? Roger uh, Vinny, and Vinny? Yeah, yes, Vinny was on, uh, Vinny was with us uh, for every record up until our, our brand new album. He, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, he, he left the band uh, in, in 2018. So, um, but yeah, Vinny was on Losing Streak, yes. Yes, that's good. I like, I remember listening to your live album and you're like, one of your horns players was like in the meat, and uh, you said something like they were in the meat and potatoes or something like he was. I, I don't know about your horn players. Did you have one guy that was with you the whole time until? So Buddy's been with us the whole time. He's our trombone player. And okay. our, our sax player's been with us for 20 years now. So mm. we had the, for 20 years, the same lineup pretty much, 18 years, and then our drummer uh, left two years ago. So the, oh, core, see, the yeah. core lineup, though, of our trombone player, uh, Buddy, and Roger, our bass player, and myself, it's been the same since mm, day one. Okay. Um, and you got your new album that's coming out, Silver Linings, right? Yes. This is awesome, dude. Yep. Do you still enjoy recording? Like, how was this COVID experience? Did you guys record 
before so, COVID? Yeah, we recorded this album in December of 2019, or November of 2019. Mm-hmm. So the album's been done for over a year. Um, and we wanted to release it earlier in the year, and it just kept getting pushed back because uh, you know, everyone thought at some point they'd be able to get back on the road. Lo and behold, uh, it, it, it got to the point where that didn't happen. We wanted to put the album out, and uh, finally it's getting a December uh, 11th release. Oh, man, that's so cool. It's probably hard sitting on an album, right? Like, it, Yeah, because, you know, you... You want to, there's an immediacy to wanting to, wanting to have people hear it. Yeah. You know, sitting on it, it's just like, you know, it, it's collecting dust over there. And you, you want to, <laughs> you know, you want to get it get it out to so people. That's why you recorded it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Where'd you guys record it at? Uh, in Gainesville. Gainesville, okay, yes. Yeah. That's so funny because we, you know what, we're, this is Gainesville, Georgia. Or Gainesville, yes. Georgia. So every time I talk to people, they're like, oh, you talking about Gainesville, Florida? It's like Gainesville, Georgia doesn't really exist. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we'd be on the road before. Like, there's a Gainesville, Georgia. There's a Gainesville, Texas. And, oh, Gainesville, Texas. Oh, yeah, I think there's a Gainesville, North Carolina, maybe. There's, there's, there's quite there's quite a few. And we always say, you know, there's a Gainesville here. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I love the. You also do, like, don't you write songs for people, like, jingles and stuff? Like, yeah. Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I started uh, uh, doing that some time back. I'll do personal songs for people if they want to. I want a song for my anniversary for my wife or that's something. That's so cool, so man. I'll I'm going to have to hit you up for that. Yeah, I do jingles for businesses, and uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. It's a, another way to, uh, uh, to connect with the fans and uh, another way to, uh, to have you know, an income stream in, in the music business that's very difficult to, to have that. Yeah, know? yeah. So how can people find you uh, if they want you to write them a song or something? Yeah, they can go to uh, Chris Demakes. That's D-E-M-A-K-E-S, Chris Demakes at gmail.com. Okay. And uh, if you'd like to join the, the podcast group, we've got a Facebook group. It's really awesome. we got uh, about uh, 2,300 members in there now. And oh, it's sweet. really interactive. And that's uh, the Chris Demakes a Podcast Facebook group. You can uh, find find it there. And I'm the other place is uh, Less Than Chris D, and that's on Instagram. Cool, man. Yeah. Dude, it's so it's so cool having you here, and you're like taller than I thought you'd be. You yeah, yeah, it's, is, it's the platform shoes. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm only five four. <laughs> well, I really appreciate being on the show, man. I really loved losing streak. That one was huge for me, and uh, this is really cool meeting you, man. Well, you thank, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. All right, man, appreciate it, brother. Mm-hmm.